This is Clutch Crew Sports. Hello and welcome to all. This is Zach here, back with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. On this podcast, we discuss topics ranging from NBA, NFL, college football and basketball, as well as daily fantasy and fantasy football advice. This podcast is featured on Anchor.com, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, and more. For updates about the show, visit our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages at Clutch Crew Sports. Hey guys, so uh, we're back here now. We had some technical difficulties earlier in the show. We tried to record, but my internet went out and I did download Skype on my phone. It was a whole ordeal, but we luckily we were only going for six minutes. I was talking to myself about Kevin Durant for like four minutes not knowing what the hell is going on, uh, but <laughs> technology, you know, <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully we don't get demonetized for that. What I just said there, but, um, <laughs> I don't even think uh, we are monetized. Yeah, no, I know, but <laughs> maybe you got to flag it as excessive. I don't or not ex- uh, explicit, but it's late guys. We're going to record this now. Um, but so today on the show, we're going to be talking about, the Warriors in Game 5. I'm going to break down their performance. We're going to look to Game 6. We're going to show you guys some current events in other sports, big big things that are happening. Uh, Eric's going to talk about some NASCAR. And Eric's also got a rant for you at the end, so make sure you stay tuned for that. In the future, we're going to be posting some polls up on Facebook and Twitter about some possible uh, some possible rant uh, topics that Eric's going to rant about so you guys can get your guesses going on, on what Eric will be ranting about. We know what he's going to be ranting about, but you guys don't. Um, so to me, this, this was an interesting game five. The score was 106 to 105. So this was by far the closest game in the series with the Warriors only winning by one point. The Warriors outscored Toronto by six in the first quarter. Second and third quarters were dead even between both of them. And then Toronto outscored Golden State by five in the fourth. And to me, when I was watching this game, there was about, I could break this game down into three different parts of the game. The first part was up until Kevin Durant got injured. The second part was going to be from Kevin Durant's injury till about, I'll even put it to the two-minute mark of the fourth quarter. And then that last two minutes was a bonanza of, of bad play, in my opinion, overall by both teams, but more so by Toronto. I think Golden State just made less. They got it. They Golden State really got away with a lot of bad turnovers at the end there. And they somehow still managed to win this game. I'm guessing just by pure uh, experience, you know, in these closeout games and being in, in four straight finals against the Cavs. But the first part of the game when Kevin Durant played, it looked like it was going to be a blow, going to be a blowout by the Warriors. I mean, Durant made his first three three pointers. They were he Durant looked great playing. It looked like he could have came back earlier. He wasn't slow. He wasn't 
usually when someone gets injured, they come back and it takes them some time to get going. But with Durant, he just started lighting up the threes and and the Warriors got off to a rolling start. And then when Durant got injured, obviously that changed the whole dynamics of the game and really the whole dynamics for the rest of the series because now we know he's not going to play. He's obviously got an Achilles rupture. so No more speculation, guys. <laughs> yep, no more, <laughs> more guessing. And, that, and that's honestly a good thing for for betting purposes and DraftKings like we do, we don't have the question of, is he going to play? Is he not? I don't think too many people started him in our DraftKings that we did for the last game, but I don't think we all thought that Golden State was going to play without him. But then earlier in the day before the game, they declared that he was going to play and I wasn't expecting much, but I definitely wasn't expecting him to come out with that fast start with 12 points, but he did. And and then when he got his injury, I had a couple thoughts on it, mainly because I was thinking how terrible this is for him to get injured. And you want everybody to be healthy at full health for the for such an important time of the year. And obviously this injury is pretty severe so it's going to affect him not just for this season but for next season as well so it's unfortunate that it happened but to me also I'm I I think that Golden State rushed his injury I think that they were feeling some heat down three games to one and I feel like they they needed him to play they thought they need him to win the game and to to have a chance to win the series So I feel like they rushed him back in when he was still at a high risk for injury. And it only took a quarter and about a half for him to to get that injury. So I think the Warriors were irresponsible with with bringing Kevin Durant back, knowing that he had a high chance of re-injury. He had, in the Rocket series, they declared it a cap strain. Uh, And then this ended up being a ruptured Achilles, but... The Achilles and calf strain injuries are two different in completely isolated events. So if it truly was a calf strain, then the injury that he suffered was totally random from that and totally freakish because, and I have a hard time believing that because all the evidence when the injury initially happened was that it was an Achilles tear, not not a rupture, but a tear to cause him to miss the amount of time he did. And he really should have, under normal circumstances, missed more time than he did. And he was really rushed back into things. And I think that was a major reason for the re-injury in this case. And it's going to have significant consequences. You know, this is not just a Warriors situation because Kevin Durant's an impending free agent. This affects a lot of different teams. If the Knicks... We're hoping to add him and Kyrie next year. They're like big three with whatever draft pick they get and those guys. Then those plans are now changed because it's there's a very good chance Kevin Durant might not play at all next year. Kawhi Leonard missed all of last year with a bruised thigh, so that's definitely possible. But aside from the Kevin Durant injury, I thought 
Kawhi Leonard really didn't show up that much in the first half. He he was too focused, in my opinion, on trying to improve his game defensively because Durant was was owning him when Golden State was on offense, and he was never really because of that allowed to get into a rhythm offensively. So that's why he, I think his box score he ended up with twenty six points, but a lot of the a lot of the points he had were late in the game, which you wanna you wanna have late points, obviously be clutch in the fourth quarter. But obviously the at the very end of the fourth quarter he kind of disappeared a little bit. But but Kawhi he he really should have had a better game, especially. In a closeout game, game five on home court, a lot of people think that the Raptors are going to win this. They've got all the momentum. They've thoroughly outplayed Golden State in all their games, really. So he really should have done a better job of leading them to this win. But I, I give Golden State credit for uh, for perser- uh, for persevering through the Kevin Durant injury, it could have been very easy for them to panic once they see him go down and and not believe in themselves that they have a chance to win. But credit Steph, credit Clay. Steph was a lot more hot or cold this game. He started out hot, he ended hot, but there were some stretches in the middle where he wasn't really seen, whereas Clay was kind of steady throughout the game. I think for his individual stats, he he had a much more balanced game. I think he finished with a few less points than Steph, but he he was more balanced where Steph was more on or off. And and then so in that second part of the game, from when Durant was injured till the till the last like three minutes, there was a Golden State was winning for most of all that time. And you could tell though that Toronto was gonna make their push. They were going to make a run to tie it. And Golden State just kept weathering the storm every time Toronto looked like they were going to take the lead, that Golden State would jump out all of a sudden, have a 10-point lead, it'd get cut back down, then Golden State would get right, bring it back up again until eventually Toronto did take over. And then I'll talk a, briefly about how the last few minutes of the game went. And Kawhi Leonard goes on this magnificent run in about a minute and a half, two minutes, where he scores something like 10 points, and he's absolutely unstoppable. He's making three-pointers. He's doing everything. And then I feel like once Toronto got up by six, that they, with only a few minutes left, they were ready to celebrate. I mean, they... I think that they were too confident that they had already won the game and won the series and they were starting to celebrate too early. And then for some reason, Nick nurse, the head coach of the Raptors decides to call a timeout when there's no real reason to call timeout. His team's on a roll. Stephen clay are gassed. The warriors aren't doing anything. You're up by six. Uh, let's just get the game over with and celebrate. But instead he calls a timeout and even Kawhi was like, huh? 
like he you could tell his on his facial expression he was confused by it and then i think at that point their coach nurse regretted calling it because you don't want to disrupt Kawhi. and then they come back out golden state regroups and then i believe steph made a three or two threes i think draymond made a three or something it, yeah, I think I think four, in that I think in that moment, Steph made one, Clay made one, and Draymond made one. I think all three of them made one, if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, but I do know Clay made the the game winning one, so he put him up. Or maybe on that's what it was. Yeah, so I I know definitely Clay made the game winning one. Steph made a contested one. Draymond shot an open one, but it was it was like boom, 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 and then all of a sudden that you see the Warriors are up in the game. And then, so the Warriors are up by three. And then they play the most careless game. I mean, you hardly ever see backcourt violations in games, but Golden State had two in the last, and one of them was just completely stupid. It wasn't even, Toronto wasn't really even doing anything on one of them. One of them, Toronto, I'll give them credit for forcing it, but the other one was just careless. And, and it was like, really, you're you're make you're causing all these silly turnovers. Uh, Dream or not Draymond, Boogie Cousins gets called for a illegal screen and an offensive foul. Like all these things were going on for the Warriors that surely you would think the Raptors would be able to score, but they only managed to get two points off of a goaltending call, and then down to the last possession. Kawhi has the ball up at the top, like near the midcourt, uh, near the midcourt line. And for some reason, this is another coaching error on my, in my opinion, they should have called a timeout then with 15 sec or might've been eight or 15 seconds left, but you got to call it. It was 15. Yeah. So, but you got to call a timeout there because you don't, want to be that far from the hoop with that little time left you want to because if you call timeout and you inbounds it you can inbound it much closer than where you're at and try and you know run a play or something usually teams do well after they call timeouts usually you can design something to stop or to to score and and they they chose not to do that they called a timeout when they shouldn't have called a timeout and then they didn't call one when they needed to. And that was puzzling to me. And then and so Kawhi ends up getting double teamed by Igadala and Clay, I believe. And then he passes it to Van Vliet, who passes it to Lowry. And I think Van Vliet should have should have held on to it and tried to do something because passing it to Lowry. <laughs> I haven't talked about Lowry yet, but I will now. <laughs> So yeah, I may have a rant at the end, but I think Zach has one here also. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to have a designed rant for every episode or anything, but definitely the uh, ongoing meme so far in this podcasting series has been my disgust with Kyle Lowry, to put it bluntly. This and disgust, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the highest paid player on their team. You should be doing... You know, you should be contributing a lot more than he is. And he's the veteran leader. He's been on Toronto for a, a long time, as far as I can remember. And I expect more of a former All-Star who 
has a history of shrinking in the playoffs and and it's true man like there's some times where where the choking mentality or i mean this guy has totally got that stereotype and it's 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 valid i can't argue against it because it when 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 he shot that shot i didn't even I I I didn't wasn't even paying attention to the defense. It could have been a wide open shot and he would have missed it. Like that's how unclutch Kyle Lowry is, in my opinion. And he finished with 18 points, but and I don't know if you guys heard this or not in the time that I was cutting out or not, but he had the mo- the quietest 18 points that I've ever seen because he shot terribly from the three point line. He only made one or two free throws. And he got a lot of dunk or not dunks, but he got a lot of layups and a lot of easy, easy shots to give him his 18 points. But he missed a lot. Anything that was contested, he missed it. It had to be wide open for him to make it. And then Draymond on the defense on him there. I'll give him credit for that. But he could have been wide open. He would have missed that shot 10 out of 10 times. I'm going harsh, but I think you, I think he deserves it. But uh, so then I ended up like making that. Meme. Meme. <laughs> yeah, the meme. I actually made that though during the game when he was playing poorly. But then towards the game, or as it as the game progressed, he wasn't playing poorly. He wasn't playing good, but he wasn't playing poorly enough for that meme to really make sense but after that last shot where he had like i was like this is the perfect time to to play this out so i i I shared it on facebook and got a couple laughs from these guys but uh so i think it's pretty funny but i really don't trust kyle lowry at all and if you've noticed i've never taken him in a DraftKings, and i never will i think he's way overpriced in that I, I'm a Van Vliet guy over Lowry, but that's just my. Uh, so I think Van Vliet should have. I think he should have tried to do something. First of all, I think Kawhi should have done a better job. Well, I mean, if if we're going back even farther, they should have called a timeout. But after the timeout wasn't called, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, this was such care. Like, in the Warriors had so many mistakes too that like the rap like. The Raptors should have won this game. They lost by one point, but they were outshot or Golden State outshot them on three pointers, twenty to eight. Like the and the Raptors had a terrible free throw percentage uh, shooting night. Like they were doing great. Uh, their free throw percentage was super high in the first four games. In this game, it was much, much lower. And of course, that's the one where they lose by one point. So if you make two. If you make two of the free throws that the team missed, they would have won the game. But I'll I'll give Golden State credit though they they definitely I think want I give them credit for not folding after Durant got injured. Like I said, it could have been easy to panic, but this is going to be interesting going into the next game, seeing how that goes. But you know, no KD, Looney's questionable. Is he going to suck it up? Is Golden State going to? go out there only with Boogie and Draymond and Jonas Grepko. Who knows? But I'll let these guys talk now. I, and I'm yeah, done, Randy. I like <laughs> <laughs> Well, honestly, I think 
Zach has summed this up pretty perfectly. I mean, there's not really much else that can be said. Watching this game, I did not see most of this game because I was at work, but I saw the fourth quarter. And from what I saw in that fourth quarter, I agree with everything Zach said pretty much. I thought the same thing when the Raptors called the timeout when they went on that big run that I I just thought that was dumb. Mm -hmm. And Susan was sitting next to me on the couch watching, and she doesn't even really watch basketball that much. Like, she's very casual when it comes to basketball. But she, even sitting next to me, said, why would they stop the game when they were doing so good? And I said, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I said, Good. I am, I'm baffled by this decision <laughs> myself. I, uh, I don't understand it. It made no sense to me. And then as I mentioned, the Warriors come out of that timeout and make two or three threes in a row and then take the lead and get back in the game. But then DeMarcus Cousins had all those mistakes. I will say the offensive goaltending or offensive interference or whatever they call it that he had, that to me – did not look like offensive interference that on the, I was, did you guys, did you guys see what I was talking about? Yeah. The basket. I, I yeah. Yeah. Basket interference. Yeah. They, they basket interference. And then they, they said it, it's the call stood essentially. But I, to me, I thought that it should have counted, but the only reason just, why I think they didn't overturn it was because in some of the camera angles, it looked like the ball was over the rim. But then in some of the other camera angles, you could clearly tell it wasn't. So I was surprised that they didn't go off of the ones that clearly showed it yeah. overturned. Because even though I'm rooting for the Raptors to win, I thought that was a bad call. Obviously, deep down, I wasn't complaining about it. But <laughs> I said I I didn't understand that call. But anyway, but then he had the defensive goaltending and he had the illegal screen and Draymond had the backcourt violation. And it, it honestly felt like I wasn't watching the two best teams in basketball. It was kind of disappointing. I'm <laughs> thinking these are the two teams going for the championship and both of them are having terrible performances here. And with it being a, you know, potential championship win for Toronto and, potential elimination game for the Warriors, you would think there would have been better basketball being played there. I was very, very surprised by that. But uh, the only thing I would even say, though, that I slightly agree with on Zach was with um, at the end of the game on that last possession with Kawhi Leonard being better. I don't really think there was much else he could do in that situation because – they were they had him double teamed pretty good, and I don't really think there was any way around it. I passing the ball to Van Vliet, who was open at that moment, was the best move in my opinion. However, maybe what they should have done was after Van Vliet got the ball, that's when they should have called the timeout. Was when Kawhi got double teamed, they should have called the timeout right there. I I want to say there were maybe eight or nine seconds left at that point. I felt like they should time out, regroup, try to draw up a play and go from there. But since they didn't call the timeout, I thought Kawhi making that pass was the best move, but maybe afterward they should have tried to find a way to 
set some screens to get the ball to Kawhi again because the ball ultimately ending up in Kyle Lowry's hands as Zach has uh, ranted about <laughs> was was a mistake. And I want to say Draymond tipped the ball a little bit, which messed up the shot. But I agree with Zach, though. I don't think he would have made it regardless. Overall, though, from what I saw, kind of a disappointing game. And I'm just hoping that the well, next one I, will be better. I'll say this. It was it definitely the quality at the end was disappointing, but I mean, this was by far the closest of all the games. Oh yeah, it definitely. So this had the most drama. I mean, the, the KD injury was unfortunate, but that's drama. Like it, it was the most entertaining of all the games, I think for that, for that aspect, but the, the, well, pure bas- the pure basketball being played, I think was, was pretty poor at the end. But you didn't see at the beginning, man. Golden State was playing like seventy three and nine. Golden State, like they they were unstoppable at the beginning. Um, yeah, well, and then too the the part that I saw where Kawhi made those four shots in a row that, that was pretty was, that was pretty insane. That that was cool yeah. to watch. Uh, I definitely enjoyed watching the Raptors make the comeback. I was thinking, man, this is it. They're coming back. They're going to get their first championship. And then the last two or three minutes of the game were just so weird. It was, I'm thinking, how do we have this epic buildup where Golden State has this lead and then Durant gets hurt and then slowly but surely the Raptors get back in it. And then the Raptors go on a big run and take the lead. And then both teams just start crapping the bed all of a sudden. It was was weird. It was weird. But I, I do agree with Zach, too, that this was the most dramatic game easily other than game two, which unfortunately the two most dramatic games were the two that the Warriors have won. <laughs> so I'll make my prediction a little bit when we get to the prediction, but I'll let Connor add any thoughts that he might have. Yeah. So I actually did not get a chance to watch any of the game, unfortunately, but yeah, these guys pretty much hit the nail on the head. The Warriors of the game that comeback from the Raptors was it was fun to watch unfortunately they couldn't but they tried their best and yeah Kyle Lowry I have no clue why Van Vliet made that extra pass and like what these guys were saying the most baffling thing to me at the end was that they were only down by one they didn't need a three-pointer to tie or even to take the lead all they needed was a layup or something Mm -hmm. you know a mid-range jump or something they didn't need a three-pointer basically so i don't know why you know you didn't first of all take the time out so you can inbound the ball at half court instead of from the other end of the court but and then you know if you tried to drive in that situation why not try and drive and get a foul and if you don't get a foul, yep. then try and kick it back out to someone who's open so you can get like a free throw. And even that would have tied the game. Yeah. I just thought that was kind of baffling the last play. And like you guys said, the horrible play there for the last two minutes of both teams, the Warriors just committing stupid turnovers. And so, but yeah, and I'll let Zach take us on to the next part of our podcast here. Sure, for sure. So now that we've got our thoughts about this game behind us, game six 
is going to be on Friday or no, sorry, Thursday to tomorrow um, in Oracle. And it's going to be an interesting game because like this will be the first one where we know that Durant's not going to be playing. It's also going to be we know for 100% that this is the last game in Oracle. So here's we haven't really talked that much about or Eric ranted about the Oracle fan, the Warriors fans at the uh, in the game four that they had, which was disappointing because for them, they really should have won game four. I think I didn't watch the game, but I remember them winning for that early part of it. So but and I I saw a uh, I saw an article that was talking about the kind of the evolution of the Warriors home court and you know the Oakland Raiders play in the same city and their home field is known in football as being the most you know like the one of the toughest places to play in because the fans are so wild and so it's such a you know hostile environment for opposing teams to come into and apparently that's how it used to be especially it, it used to be very similar for the warriors back, back when they were kind of an, an average team yeah do you are you saying something i was Connor? saying unfortunately for the raiders their field sucks like there <laughs> yeah was a, they, there, was, there was a game that they played <laughs> last year I, I think they were playing the broncos and man their uniforms were turning black by the end of that game because the field was just in <laughs> such poor condition yeah but the uh, as far as the fans in in the stadium, it's a it's a hostile and you know very. There's a lot of fights that happen inside. Like it's it's one of the intimidating places to play as a player for sure. But that's apparently how the Warriors' home court was very similar to the Raiders' home court. Uh, bef- back when the Warriors were average and below average as a team, and then. And the home court would be the ones that would fire up the team. Whereas now, with Steph and Clay and everybody else, the Warriors fire up the crowd. And I feel like that's an interesting shift of dynamic in the crowd. You know, this isn't about basketball, but the crowd plays a big part of it. That the Warriors fans don't really get into it until the team gets into it which is detrimental to the team because you want the crowd to get you into it. You know, you, any, you know, anything that the crowd can do to give you an advantage is good for you. And and that's not the reason why I'm picking the Raptors, but I think that's a reason. Well, the Raptors have won all three of their games this season at, in Oakland. So they obviously are capable of doing it. I think the odds of them winning four, if you would ask me like at the beginning of the season, what do you think that the Raptors win four games in Oracle? I would have said no way in hell that they're going to do that. But I, yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, you're on drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That would be, that would be the, that would be the thought process if anyone was going to say that, you know what I mean? And I know KD was injured for a couple of them. I think he missed their one of their regular season games. I can't remember if it was in Toronto or if it was in the Bay, but but still with with Stephen Clay, you got to think that they'd win one of these games and at home. 
but they were unable to win two games in, in this playoffs against the the Raptors. They lost two games to the Clippers even way early on in the first round of the playoffs. And one of them, they the Clippers came back from like 30-something points to win it. It was crazy. Uh, that it was, was with Kevin Durant. That was with KD, and that, and that was just a total collapse. I don't know what they were doing in that, but they obviously didn't take the Clippers very seriously because that, that series should not have gotten six games, but it ended up doing so. But So they're sha- they've been shaky on their home court, and I think the crowd will be able to will be better and louder since it's for sure their last game there. But I I don't think it's going to bother the Raptors at all, really. And the only thing it might do is it might make the Warriors play better, but I don't think it's going to make the Raptors play any worse because the Raptors have played some pretty good games on the road. And also, like Eric said, that Kawhi usually plays good against the Warriors in on the road and, Kyle Lowry's even has his better games in Oakland. I'm not taking I'm not taking Kyle Lowry in, in DraftKings, but I'm saying he'll <laughs> probably have a better game than, than he did before. But still, like I I I'm picking the Raptors because I feel like now they, you know, they they really should have won the last game if it wasn't for the coaching mishaps and. I, I feel like with all the injuries on Golden State that they're just not going to be able to do it. They're they're so hobbled as a team. Iguodala's still got the injury he's playing with. Looney may or may not play, and that's gonna that's actually really big for him because they don't have any bigs. Boogie's kind of hurt too. They don't have any they don't have any bigs to match up with Siakam and Gasol and Ibaka, and out of the three of those, surprisingly, Ibaka has been the one that has been the best lately uh, out of all three of those guys. You would have thought it'd be Siakam or Gasol, but it's actually Ibaka. And Draymond, the last couple games, hasn't been playing very well. He's actually one technical away from a, a game suspension. So, it's I mean, it's very possible that they call a foul on Draymond where Draymond... Because I, I have noticed the ones where he has technicals on are like, are, are fouls that they call on him that don't really look like fouls, but instead of just being a normal player, he just goes running down the court screaming and, and gets a tech. It's completely yeah, silly to me why. But it- <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm I mean, I, I, know I mentioned it in one of the other podcasts. I'm shocked he doesn't yeah. get even more technical fouls on him than he does get because <laughs> I'll watch him yell like eight times in a row and not get a tech, and I'm like, or bro, you, I mean, you're 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 pushing it, man. <laughs> So like you're trying to get a technical. If you weren't Draymond Green, like, you'd be getting technicals right now. He uh, he'll slam the ball down or something, you know. And and I can sympathize with him on some of the plays he gets called a foul on. I think he got the one in the last game where he got a tech on. They I looked at the replay and it didn't look like at all like a foul to me. This is a Lowry beneficiary play too. Lowry benefited <laughs> from this. this. Uh, <laughs> no surprise, but Lowry benefited from a bad call on Draymond. And then instead of just taking the bad call, which it's only two free throws, like it's not that it's not like in football where it's like a personal foul, 15 yard penalty on like a third down. That'd be, that'd be crazy. But, um, or that you could get more upset about that, but to, uh, 
to run down the court screaming for just a common foul is is not smart to do and it's not smart when you're one of you're several thousands away from you know you only get a few more times you can do that before you get kicked out of a game last time he got suspended in the finals they lost that series so that's something to keep an eye on but i've got the raptors winning this game i think golden state will come out early and play well but then i think the raptors are gonna take it over in the second half and comfortably win the game i'll say by six or seven all right yeah i've got the raptors winning also as zach mentioned not i I picked the raptors every game i'm sticking to it (laughs) they're gonna win this you picked the Warriors, I think, in six originally, but you picked the Raptors every game. <laughs> yeah, well, after after that first game, they they changed my mind, and I I had changed it to Raptors in six, of course, which would still mean I would have to pick Golden State a couple of times. But um, I've, yeah, I've had some changes of heart. I had some changes of heart, but I'm I, I'm still sticking with the Raptors. A a great point that. Zach had mentioned when he was talking about the recap of game five was that he felt like when the Raptors went on that run and got the lead and the crowd was all fired up and everything that they felt like they had won the championship. Mm -hmm. And then that seemed to cause them. They just weren't playing right. And I hadn't really thought about that, but when Zach said that, I, I thought that makes a lot of sense, and I feel like that could be the case. And so because of that, I'm now picking the Raptors to win this game because I feel like that loss in Game 5 gave them a wake-up call. You know, they they had to realize, okay, we don't have it yet. And if we lose again, then it's going to Game 7, which obviously they don't want that. I think they're going to be more focused this time. And once they get a lead, or if they, assuming they are able to get a lead, then I think they're going to be able to keep it this time, keep their foot on the gas long enough, and win the game and win the championship. So that's my prediction. And as Zach mentioned, Golden State has so many injuries. From what I'm seeing, Looney is going to try to play but I don't see how he's going to be able to be effective with that injury. DeMarcus Cousins is still nagging. Iguodala is still nagging. Durant is obviously out. This just adds up to me as being like a win for every the Raptors. Player on their team, I think almost every player on their team has been injured or sick or something else at one yeah, point. Yeah, because Except for Draymond. Because Steph Curry got sick in that one game. Of course, they actually, I think that was game two when they won. He had yeah. did so bad in that first half of that game. And then Thompson had the hamstring injury. Livingston, I know, was hurt before the finals. There was he Reportedly, he was healthy when the finals started. But he had had an injury like right before the finals that he was dealing with and some kind of nagging injury that he was recovering from. So... The Warriors just have a lot going on, and I think the Raptors are going to be smarter this game. And and plus, too, the Raptors were so bad at three-point shooting in the last game. I mean, looking at the stat line, only 8 out of 32, that 
that's terrible. They're they're not going to be that bad from three point range again. I mean, yeah, this is, Connor just pulled up the stats on the screen. The Warriors were almost twenty three percent better from three point range, and while the Warriors are generally a superior three point shooting team, the difference between three point percentages is not going to be that high in the next game. I just I think the Raptors are going to take it. I'm hoping it'll be comfortable. It's hard to say exactly by how many, but I want to agree with Zach though and say that the Raptors win between six and eight points. I think I think they've got it. Connor, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, this is this is a tough one for me because for all of you that have been following the podcast, I don't know who Zach picked in game two. Because y'all both picked Toronto in game one. But yeah, at least ever I since I Golden State in game two. So Right. So but ever since yeah. I've been on the podcast, Zach and I have been wrong every time. Because <laughs> we both yeah. picked the Warriors in games three and four and we picked Toronto last game. So things have not been going well pick wise. This is a tough one yeah. because I do want to believe, you know, actually, I do believe that the Raptors are going to play better. I mean, 25% from three-point range, something's got to change. Danny Green's got to start shooting better. You know, Kawhi Leonard's not going to be two for seven again from the three-point line. I think he'll do better. But obviously it is going to be, like we've mentioned, this. it will be for sure the last game in Oracle Arena. And those fans... I think they're going to be into the game and I think that's going to really motivate Golden State and especially, you know, we talk about these injuries that Golden State has and but Kevin Durant got hurt at the start of the second quarter and the Warriors still managed to keep up what they were doing. Like they weren't as dominant, but they still managed to keep up the offense. They didn't all of a sudden fall apart because Kevin Durant went off the court. So I don't think their offense has as much of an issue, and especially with Clay Thompson healthy again. You know, game three without Clay Thompson, they just they couldn't do anything on offense. Steph Curry had to carry them, and nobody could help them. But my biggest concern with Toronto is, you know, I think we've definitely mentioned this a couple times on the podcast, but there really does need to be that second person for Toronto that can consistently put up points because we saw Kawhi was having a really bad game until the fourth quarter. And that's what they were suffering from. There has to be that second person that can put up points when Kawhi is having an off night because the Warriors have that covered. You know, if Steph's having a bad night, then Clay can pick them up and Draymond can pick them up. If Draymond's having a bad night, which he's been having, but Steph and Clay have been picking up the slack. The Raptors don't have that. Kyle Lowry has not stepped up this entire series outside of game three. He's has not stepped up. Danny green really, again, since game three, Danny green has not shot well from the field and Siakam hasn't had a fantastic game since game one. So it's hard for me to think that Toronto is going to do better. It, I mean, again, for me, it all depends on the night Kawhi has. And I think the Warriors are finally starting to figure out what they need to do to keep him in check. And so I'm going to take the Warriors in this one. Uh, Might be a bit of a shock to some people, but I'm going to actually go with Golden State in this game. And 
I think Kawhi is going to do good, but I just don't see anybody picking up the Raptors enough to where they can get over how motivated Golden State's going to be since they know they can win now. And also the fact that it's the last game ever at Oracle Arena. So I'm going to go with Golden State on this one. Yeah, and it's interesting because I was when you talked about how poorly that you and I have done the past four games or so, or three games in the series in our predictions. But originally, I remember, I think in episode one or two, I, I predicted Golden State to win the series in six. So I had them winning on their home court in this game six, and then the, the series being over with Golden State winning. But now I've totally changed my attitude on that. I think if, and then I said, if it goes to seven, I think Toronto wins. Now I think this is the game seven, because I think if Toronto loses game six, and my prediction is wrong, I'm going to predict Golden State wins game seven. So that's, and originally I had that flip-flop. I said, if Golden State doesn't win six, then Toronto wins seven. But now I'm saying if Toronto doesn't win six, Golden State wins seven. So I know that might be confusing you guys, but I'm I'm changing my belief. <laughs> no, I, I, get, I get what you're trying to say. Yeah, I think I said it right, but it, to to someone just like casually listening right now, they might be going like, huh? But (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, So, so that's my last thoughts on, on how the game will go. And, and I'll let Connor start off the DraftKings. Okay. So moving on to our DraftKings lineup, as we mentioned in the last podcast, we moved to a 23 uh, team format this time where only the top 10 got in the money. And unfortunately, I don't know if we mentioned this at the top of the podcast or not, but this was the worst performance from the Clutch Crew Sports crew in, any of, <laughs> in any of our for you know since the start of us doing this. So, but despite poor performances from Zach and I, Eric did manage to finish in second. He was only one point two five points off the lead. So I will let Eric discuss his team. Yeah, and if the Warriors had just let Jonas Jarepko get in the game and make one <laughs> two-point shot, I would have got first. Three straight weeks, man. <laughs> yeah, well, see, this is the crazy thing about this, is that I've had three lineups in a row where I had a player on my team that scored zero points, but I still finished in the money. And not only did I even finish in the money, I still finished pretty comfortably in the money. Uh, Because in the other ones that we did where we did uh, teams or lineups with 10 people playing and you had to finish in the top five, I still finished second or third. And then in this one with 23, I finished second, which was an even better performance. So to have a person with zero points and for me to still have that amount of success... It is a little shocking. I normally don't have success like this when I do these DraftKings lineup where if I have one person on my team that puts up a goose egg or only two or three points or something. So I guess just the key for me was I picked Kawhi as my captain and 
thankfully he had that strong run at the end of the game. Otherwise, he wouldn't have had this good of a stat line where he scored those 10 points with two threes. That definitely made a difference. But And see, this is the difference between DraftKings and real life. If DraftKings took into account, say, missed shots and you got negative points for that, or if the turnovers were more than a half a point, you know, taken off of your score, then it would definitely go down much differently. But thankfully, DraftKings doesn't take into the account the fact that Kawhi Leonard missed 15 shots. So in terms of while he may not have had the greatest overall game in the actual game, in terms of DraftKings numbers, it was still a pretty solid performance. So he had 87 points with the one and a half bonus as my captain, which I was definitely fine with. Steph Curry did pretty well for me as well, getting 52 points. Sergi Baca, man, I mean, what else can I say about this guy? He has just been a straight-up beast these last few games and doing it with even playing under 20 minutes. I give him a lot of credit. And as a Thunder fan, I definitely respect him and hated to see him go, but I still enjoy rooting for him. And I've enjoyed watching him have the success that he's had in these NBA finals. And I've also enjoyed that he's been winning me money. (laughs) 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 But (laughs) yeah, I've been winning these uh, $2 and 40 cents and $3 in this last one, you know, so he's been winning me these big bucks. Um, DeMarcus cousins had a, pretty good game for me as well with um, 26 and a half points isn't necessarily the greatest number but his salary was really low his salary had been plummeting because the games before that he'd had some really bad games so I decided to take a chance on him because of how low his salary was and for the amount of money I spent on him I got a pretty good result and then my other player was Clay Thompson he had a really good all-around game as well getting me 44 and a half so like I said, man, if the Warriors could have just at some point <laughs> let Jarepko get in there and maybe get an assist or make a jump shot or something, I would have come in mm-hmm. first place. Mm-hmm. So, And I'm actually picking him again, but I'll I'll explain why when we get to that part. So that was my you lineup overall. You always and, have a reason. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, true. I've had a reason, and never I've still, <laughs> I've still been getting, uh, I've still been getting guys with zero. I, yeah. <laughs> so my, my my reasons aren't always the greatest, I guess. But at the same time, like I said, you can't complain with the results that I've had. No. So I, I've, I've finished yeah. in the money three times in a row, and I'm cool with that. And before I move on to Zach and Connor, I want to give a shout out to my friend Robert for playing with us. Unfortunately, he did not finish in the money. He finished in 17th. But at one point, I had a break while I was at work. And in the third quarter, he was actually in second place. Probably, this was probably about halfway through the third quarter. So I was shocked at the end when I saw that he finished in 17th and out of the money, considering how good he was doing. He didn't have Kawhi, though, although he did have Steph Curry as his captain. He didn't have Kawhi, though, so I think that might have made a difference because Kawhi went on that big run at the end of the game, and I think a lot of people that had Kawhi probably moved up in front of him because of that. But at the same time, uh, 
just wanted to give him a shout out for playing with us. I'm not sure if he's joining us again for the next one, but if he does, we'll give him a shout out again and let you guys know how he does. So those were my results and my friend Robert's results. And I'll let Zach and Connor explain their lineups before we explain who we picked in the next one. Yeah. yeah we'll so explain we'll, what not to do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we mentioned that this was, or I mentioned that this was the worst week that we've had so far. And uh, as I scroll a little bit further down here, you can see that Zach and I were respectively 22nd and 23rd out of 23 people. So two straight last place finishes for me, but also not good for Zach being in 22nd. So I'll let him talk first though, since he finished ahead of me. Yeah. It was, um, it was a pretty bad effort for my team. This is the first First time I've lost at DraftKings. Especially since last episode, you cursed yourself by saying that you were the only one who hadn't. Yeah, I know. I, I definitely did. But I, <laughs> I knew I, I, I knew I wasn't going to keep... I knew I was going to lose one of these eventually, but I didn't think I'd lose it this poorly finishing in the second to last. <laughs> especially with, and with even... With 23 people, that's even worse. But uh, my team... I, I took a different... I kind of strayed from my strategy a little bit in this one. I didn't take Steph, and I only took Kawhi because I thought Clay was going to – I personally thought Clay was going to do better than Steph. And I feel like as an overall game, like for as far as the game went, I feel like Clay had a better game than Steph, but Steph had a better DraftKings game. And I can't complain about what Clay did. He was – he was fine as a captain. He was a little bit of a cheaper option too. So I was thinking, oh, I'm going to get more money to have better players. But uh, what really hurt me was Siakam and, and Looney. And I feel like Siakam really hurt Robert as well because he was kind of an expensive guy. He's a he's around the Draymond type of money, you know, around that fourth, third to fourth to fifth sort of most expensive player and. And with only 21 points, that's not living up to your hype. I did have a Baca, so that that was nice. But And then Looney getting injured hurt me as well because when he got injured and had to leave the game, it, Looney was, I don't remember if he was more than DeMarcus Cousins was, but uh, he was, I had higher expectations for him. And then when he got injured, it really put a damper in it. Danny, like Connor mentioned, has been bad the last couple games, and I was priding myself on picking Danny Green in the in the right games, and I picked him in the wrong one this time. But so I, I well, you know, he had been he had been alternating like hot, cold, hot, yeah, cold. Was so when he was cold the last game, he thought he'd be hot this time. So <laughs> it's um, understandable. But, yeah. So <laughs> I don't want to talk too much about this lineup because it was bad, but I I think this next one will be better. So. <laughs> yeah, well, imagine being me having to talk for the second straight week, second straight uh, game, I should say, about a last place lineup. But yeah, Siakam, you mentioned that Siakam hurt you and Robert, but he hurt me the most because I spent that $14,400 <laughs> or whatever it was to put him as my captain, and he only mm. turned out 31 and a half points. So that wasn't fun. I did have Abaka and Kawhi both of them so that was good they were bright spots and i had clay too so really in my mind i was looking i think we were 
talking about this earlier. I was talking to Eric about our lineups, how my players, their points were pretty even with all of his players outside of the captain. Mm. So I feel like if I had managed to somehow figure out a way to put Kawhi as captain and swap him with Siakam, I probably could have done a lot better, but obviously that didn't happen. Livingston, he was just kind of the guy that I spent my remaining balance on. Four points. I didn't really expect too much out of him. And then Van Vliet, my man, let me down, unfortunately. Only 16 and a half points. I was hoping that putting him back in the lineup again would help me out a little bit, but... Turns out that he didn't do so good. I was actually surprised when I saw he only got drafted by 4% of the people. Yeah, so probably just what, you. I'm pretty sure you were the only one yeah, that had him. Well, I mean, he was pretty expensive, though. I mean, I think he was like $6,000 mm-hmm. to draft which is why him. I didn't, especially, which is why I didn't pick him. Right, yeah. especially right. since he had had an off game in the previous game. So, yeah, that kind of sucked. So, moving right along <laughs> to... Yeah, that kind of Next week, where hopefully I will climb out of the cellar. We're just to let everybody know we're going back to 10 people this time again. So we're going back to the old format with 10 lineups and the top five end up getting money. So since Eric finished the highest in our group this time, I will let Eric talk about his lineup first. Sounds good, man. And while Zach and Connor were talking, I did check on DraftKings. I saw Robert is going to play with us again. So shout out to you, Robert. So we'll see if uh, we'll see if all four of us can finish in the money. That won't be an That's easy task awesome. since there's only going to be Very low only, odds for that. there's only yeah. five possible winners. So the odds of that are not good, but we'll definitely see how this goes. So at my lineup. One of us win. <laughs> oh yeah, there are good odds that at least one of us will win. Yes. <laughs> um, so going into my lineup, I will say going into this one while I've placed in the money three times in a row. I don't really feel confident with this team. The reason why I don't feel very confident with it is because many of the players that I've been picking that have been having success, their salaries are going up. And so because of that, I can't afford all of them. And then I don't really feel good with the cheaper options that I've had to replace them with. So I don't know how I feel about this going forward. I've felt like the best strategy is to have both Kawhi and Steph in the lineup. I feel like I've had more success when I've had both of them in there when I've as compared to when I've only had one of them in there. So I picked both of them again. I'm picking Kawhi as the captain. I feel like with the Raptors trying to close us out. I and I feel like the Raptors are still going to win the game. I feel like he's the better choice to have it captain. And as I've stated in previous podcasts, for whatever reason, he does seem to play better at Oracle than he does at home. Even when he was on the Spurs, he had the same success. And I don't see him missing 15 shots again. Yeah, I don't see him putting up 26 shots on 24 attempts. I just don't see him having that bad of a game. I think he's going to be more efficient. So I picked him as my captain. Steph, I feel like you can't go wrong with. And then I had to have my boy Sergi Baca in there again, even though his salary went up. I still picked him. He's just been on a roll lately, and I don't, I don't see it stopping here, especially with the Warriors being 
banged up again with the big men with Looney re- getting re-injured. I feel like he's still going to continue to have a good game. I feel like Mark Gasol will too, but he was more expensive than Ibaka. So I kept Ibaka. Now here's where I get a little more shaky with my lineup. Jerepko obviously hasn't played in the last two games. So obviously it looks really questionable as to why I would have him in there. And the main, the reason why I picked him again, one, two reasons. One, I feel like at some point soon he's going to have to play. He's played, <laughs> he's played in this series before. And in, even in one of the games he played, he took six shots and played a decent amount of the game. So I'm not sure why he hasn't played at all in the last two games. Although I guess in that one game he was one of six, so maybe that was why. But I don't know. I feel like with the Warriors having so many injuries with their big guys, he's going to have to go in there at some point, I would think. Now, maybe he doesn't and he gets me another zero. I don't know. That's worked out so far. Yeah, I think – but yeah, like – I have won three in a row even with him in there and not well two he was two of them and Powell for the Raptors was the other one. And Powell did at least play in that game, so at least I didn't look totally dumb with that one. He just didn't put he just didn't put up any stats. Um and this is where and also too, Danny Green. Now the I've picked him twice in these NBA finals, and he had one game where he was really good for me. And he had one game where he was really bad for me. The one I lost was the one one of the game the game I had him where he did really bad. I just don't know if I trust him, but I feel like he with him having two bad games in a row, he's got to get it going eventually. And again, just with the other players that were around that salary mark, I just didn't see anything else that looked like a good option to me. And my last expensive player is Siakam. He's 8,800. He has at least dropped a little bit because of some of these bad performances. So I'm hoping maybe he can pick it up. I wanted to get Clay Thompson in there, but I couldn't afford him. So he, because his price went up to 9,200. And I only had, as you can see there on the screen, I only had 300 salary remaining. So I wasn't able to afford the difference. And I could have tried subbing Danny Green out for somebody or subbing Ibaka out for somebody. But I just felt like the people I could have that were a little bit cheaper than them that I could have replaced them with weren't going to do as well. So I'm just hoping Siakam has a bad game. I mean, not a bad game, obviously. I'm hoping he has a better. I, I, I meant to say I had Ooh. hoping he has a <laughs> great strategy, Cotton. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, guys, that was a total botch on my part. I had hoping he doesn't have a bad game and hoping he has a better game in my mind at the same time, and I just totally crisscrossed the two there. So I do apologize for that. But obviously I'm hoping Siakam has a better game than he's been having, but I feel like if he has another lackluster game and then if Danny Green has another lackluster game and if Jarebko doesn't play again, this lineup's going to be bad. But I just had a hard time with the salaries – figuring out a way to get something else that I was more confident with. And this is my end result. So we'll see what happens with it. So Zach, since you were the second highest finisher out of the three, you might speaking of that help find me there that just came up on the screen with Kyle Lowry. If if Danny, if Danny green, (laughs) if did what? I was saying, does does anybody, he, is he still missing? Cause I, I don't know where he is. (laughs) Well, 
<laughs> I was just about to say, man, if Danny Green has another yeah. terrible shooting performance, he might have to be on one of these missing milk cartons too. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, Zach, so I'll, uh, I'll turn it over yeah, to you yeah. now. Go, go ahead, man. All right. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so for all <laughs> the mean, we're going to start making more memes too. So don't, those are fun. Uh, but so everything that Eric said, I'm going to give you guys a kind of a bold and different take on my lineup. I'm not going to go through every player and tell you why they're so good. I'm just going to give you guys this double lock this lineup as a win. I'm telling you right now, I, oh, I haven't geez. stated my I haven't started stated my confidence on any of the lineups before. And I haven't done any locks on my game predictions. But this one right here, Eric wasn't sounding too confident on his lineup. My lineup, I'm locking it. Not just a single lock, a double lock. <laughs> Clay so Thompson. What you're, so what you're saying is is if people want to win in their DraftKings lineup, this for sure will win people money. Don't Don't <laughs> join our... Don't join our group because I don't want to be tying with you guys. But yes, that is. <laughs> I'm hoping oh. for your sake that you don't look really stupid when we record the next podcast. No, no, I, I wouldn't be doing a double lock if, if I thought I was going to look stupid. But for everybody listening on the podcast, services, I am going to run through my lineups because you can't see it right now on YouTube. I have Clay Thompson as my captain. Clay Thompson is going to have the best game of any Warrior in this game. I'm calling that right now. Despite the fact that he's picking the Raptors to win. <laughs> yeah, well, I said, I said best, best, best Warrior. I said yes. best Warrior. He's yes. going to have the best performance of the Warriors. And then Serge Ibaka will get more minutes, and he will continue to be effective. Obviously, that's not... He hasn't been a question mark or anything lately. He's been phenomenal. Steph Curry will have a great game. Kawhi Leonard, both those guys are guaranteed, I think, 60-plus each of them, even as not even as utility guys. Even, even Queen with Clay Cook, doing better. Yeah. Queen Cook will surprise you. You know, he's my cheapest guy. And Danny Green will come back. You will see Danny Green again. He's not going to get the Kyle Lowry wanted poster. He's going to match for <laughs> Steph or Clay. I'm going to say Clay gets, you know, seven threes or something like that. Yeah, right there. Danny Green <laughs> gets seven threes. He'll get six or seven threes. I'm telling you right now it's going to happen. That lineup's good. It will win. Well, okay. So very confident. <laughs> Uh, words from Zach there. So I guess I'll move on to mine. My lineup is quite similar to Eric's here, but unlike Eric, I decided that I would take a bit of a hit and actually put Clay Thompson in my lineup. So I went with Kawhi as captain. I know I'm picking the Warriors to win the game, but it's really hard to go against picking Kawhi as captain. He'll have a better game for sure. And, you know, you can't go wrong with him. But I did want to go with both Steph and Clay. I think they're both going to do really well. And when they're on the court together, they complement each other so well. One of them doesn't have to take over the game like they would if the other wasn't out there. So 
they help each other out, and it leads to both of them getting more points. So I took both of them. Serge Ibaka, we've talked about him endlessly on this podcast, it feels like, about how well he's been playing. And I'm with Zach. I think he's finally going to end up getting more minutes. I mean, Marcus Gasol did have a pretty decent game last time, but you can't argue with the way that Serge Ibaka has been playing. Danny Green, I'm also with Zach on this one. I feel like Danny Green is going to come back this game. He's had two cold games in a row, and he's a very hot or cold player, like we, like Eric mentioned. So I think he's going to come back in this game. And But since I took the hit and decided to put Clay Thompson in my lineup, I'm having to sacrifice my last position. I don't even know this guy's first name. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh, I, I, you want to make a guess? <laughs> um, I'm going to guess because I—I'll be honest. I don't know it either. I'm guessing. I'm going to guess Damon. That's my I'm guess. guess I, I don't. I don't have any. Okay. Wait. What? Yeah, Sayers again, Zach? Uh, Damon. I'm guessing Devin. Okay. I mm, see. I was thinking somewhere to Zach. I'm going Damien. Okay. Like so, I like Damian Lillard, but like Damian, let's click on it. Damian, yeah, Damian. Yes. <laughs> oh, nice. If I don't get, if I don't win in DraftKings, at least I got this right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've got Damian Jones on my team, and I'm <laughs> I'm hoping I can kind of go the Eric route, and you know, have someone on my team who doesn't do very well or maybe even gets zero but i hope i'm hoping clay thompson will be enough to make up that difference but there was a bit of strategy into why i picked damian jones instead of any of the other really cheap players i was only a hundred dollars away from getting Jarepko, which i would have taken him if i had had that hundred dollars see but, my strategy is kicking in <laughs> yeah but i took damian jones he was actually because Jarepko was fourteen hundred, Damian Jones was twelve hundred. The rest of the players who you don't even see in the games, like Jeremy Lin and um, Evans and Lloyd, they were all only a thousand. But Damian Jones was twelve hundred, and it is because Damian Jones is a center. And we've been talking about how the Warriors have been having all these injury issues with their big men. You know, Kavon Looney, we don't know if he's going to play for sure. DeMarcus Cousins has this nagging injury, and that leaves their only other real big men besides Jarepko is Andrew Bogut. And Andrew Bogut can't play the long minutes like he used to. He's really old now, and he, he can't play probably more than seven, ten, seven to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that that leads to, if Kevon Looney doesn't end up playing, that Damian Jones can get on the court at least and do something. Or I can end get a up, rebound or something. <laughs> right. Or I can end up going the Eric route and still doing really well, even with someone getting zero on my team because I sacrificed to get Clay on the team. Because when I was making this lineup, I originally decided that I was going to take out um, Serge Ibaka and have Andre Iguodala on here along with Quinn Cook. But I decided I just couldn't pass up on Ibaka. So I put Ibaka in, and I'm taking Damian Jones, even though I didn't even know his first name until about a minute ago. So I got to do something to get me out of the cellar. 
I'll just say this. It it does look very similar to my lineup. We've got different captains and swap Damian Jones and Quinn Cook, but it's the same. We have five of the same uh, players. So Yeah, well, I mean, and I've got four of the same players as Eric, too. So we all have very similar lineups, but just a, a bit different in some of them. Zach obviously has the different captains, so... We'll, yeah, we'll see so how it goes. I'm just if, hoping if that Siak- I can... if Siakam does better than Clay Thompson, then I'm beating yeah. these guys. But if Clay Thompson destroys Siakam on the stat line, then they're going to beat me. So it's, yeah, so that's pretty much what it's coming down to. I will here. be content with anything other than last place at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Good strategy, Cotton. <laughs> okay. See if it pays off for him. <laughs> yeah. So now. Um, we're going to move on to the next section. I'll let Zach transition us into it since he's the host. So, Yeah, yeah. So last time we tried out a current events by Connor section where he just talked about a couple different topics like the Stanley Cup. Uh, the French Open was one of them, uh, some others. So he's going to do the same thing. He's prepared a couple of quick points about different sports and get you guys caught up to news on those. Yeah, so if you guys can't see on my screen right now, you probably can, that it is currently 1.58 a.m. here on the East Coast. And so, which means that the Stanley Cup has concluded. And the St. Louis Blues are the new Stanley Cup champions. And I'm very happy for them. You know, I said this before, they've been around forever and have yet to win a Stanley Cup somehow. So it's really nice to see a first-time winner you know, especially with, if you can tell here at Clutch Crew Sports, we're not the biggest fans of Boston teams. And so it was getting a bit annoying that Boston was winning everything. You know, the Patriots won the Super Bowl. The Red Sox won the World Series. So, yeah, I remember, see- sorry to sorry to cut you off real quick. I just wanted to share a point. I saw this thing the other day. I don't remember how long ago it was, but... If Boston had won this game and won the Stanley Cup, it would have been the first time a single city won three championships in the same year, in the same sports year. And like, right. I don't even remember how long ago it was. It was like decades ago, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> a long time I've ago. Seen, I've seen like memes and stuff where, you know, normally like you have at, at your workplace some sort of thing like X amount of days since like an injury. And it says like, you know, 30 or something, whatever, whatever it is. But they have that like X amount of days since a championship because it's like every other year. Like, it seems like one of their teams wins. So. Seven years since the last butt fumble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so really happy for the St. Louis Blues. I think the big factor in this game was the goaltending for sure. Um, Bennington for the St. Louis Blues. 32 saves on 33 shots is amazing. The Bruins were controlling the game offensively and a very, very out of character off night for Tuka Rask, only saving 16 shots on 20 shot attempts and only an 800 save percentage. I was talking with, since I mentioned in a previous podcast that I, since I'm from North Carolina, I'm a big Carolina Hurricanes fan. And I was talking with one of my friends that if only Tuka Rask could have played this bad in the series against the Hurricanes, <laughs> because he's had times in this Stanley Cup where he has not looked the same. Because when he, in the series against the Hurricanes, he was rock solid. 
the Hurricanes could not get anything past them, and it was really frustrating. But I guess at some point, everybody has to fall off. All good things must come to an end. And Tuka Rask really did not... (laughs) Right. Tuka Rask really did not play to the level that he was supposed to play in the Stanley Cup final. And a lot of people were talking about going into this Stanley Cup final that this could be similar to the last time the Bruins won, which was in 2011, when they had Tim Thomas in goal at the time. And he ended up winning the Conn Smythe, and he was pretty much the reason why they won the series. And they were talking that Tuka, making similarities between him and Tuka Rask, that that was going to be what saved the Bruins. And didn't happen for them, which I can't say that I am disappointed. So happy for the Blues. And also to mention that Ryan O'Reilly won the Conn Smythe Trophy with the Blues. He, I actually saw an interesting stat. He's the first person to ever score a goal in four straight Stanley Cup games. So, well-deserved. Wow. He, he scored he scored nine points across the Stanley Cup finals, five goals, four assists. Pretty sure that led all players in the finals. And oh. one last note about this series was I wanted to mention quickly about how terrible the Blues were on their home ice and how surprised I am that they ended up winning this series with how bad they had been. So... Since the Bruins were technically the higher seed going into this series, they played four home games and the Blues played three. And aside from game four, where the Blues won four to two, the other two games, game three and game six, that the Blues played on their home ice were completely, complete embarrassments for the St. Louis Blues. I mean, when you're losing, in game three, they lost seven to two. And in game six, which would have, you know, they had a chance to clinch the Stanley Cup there at home. They lost five to one. So when you're playing that bad in front of your home crowd, it's honestly amazing to me that they still won this series. So, but congratulations to the St. Louis Blues. And like we mentioned in the last podcast, if the Raptors can go on to win the NBA finals, then we could have two new champions this year already. Mm -hmm with MLB and NFL still to come. Which, so if that's on, the case, will mean the Jaguars will win the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> are you sure? Well, well, like you know, there are a lot like of other that teams that haven't won a Super Bowl. <laughs> well, that None could be the Jags. <laughs> you know, maybe the Carolina Panthers, Buffalo uh, Bills. <laughs> they've already, they've, those teams have already had their chances. <laughs> That's right. The Jaguars haven't even been to one yet. Yeah, we haven't. Anyway, I'll let you continue. To continue. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, moving on to women's soccer, the Women's World Cup just got underway, and wow, you United States women's team thirteen on, to zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that obviously Thailand is not up to the level of some of the other teams in the Women's World Cup, but. 13 to 0. I mean, that's a baseball score if anything or or a very low scoring football game if anything. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, <laughs> score right there. <laughs> right. And so Alex Morgan with five goals and I do want to mention there were a lot of people criticizing the US women's team for, you know, pouring it on like they did and I think it was Alex Morgan who was saying that she in her mind she defended it by saying it'd be disrespectful to Thailand to let up. You know, if you just decide I, that you were going to let up, then it's kind of showing them like, ha we're better than you. Y'all suck. We don't even need to play anymore. 
So in her mind, it was the most respectful thing to do was to keep playing hard and trying to do the best you can. And I think I saw an article with Hope Solo, who used to be the goalie for the U.S. women's team, and she also defended what they were doing. But then again, obviously, Americans are going to defend Americans. So we'd be interested to see your guys' thoughts on this situation, if you want to post them to our, on our YouTube videos or to our Facebook page. But moving right along to NASCAR, obviously, we talked about Formula One on the last podcast but on that same day since all over the weekend was the race at michigan joy logano took the win for team penske he is the reigning monster energy cup series champion so we're almost about halfway through the season now with the final we're about to hit the halfway point sonoma is the next race and then it'll be the second race at daytona which will mark the halfway point of the season and it's shaping up to be a pretty similar season to last year, Kyle, it's going to be a race between the two Penske drivers, Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski. And then a couple of the jo- Kyle Busch is going to be up there again, like he was last year and Kevin Harvick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I'm more so not as happy about the Penske drivers, but um, Kevin Harvick is going to be in there too. I'm pulling for him. But in Martin Truex Jr., although on the scoreline, Martin Truex Jr. does not have as many points, he does have three wins this year, which is second behind, I think, only Kyle Busch, because I think Kyle Busch has four. And so we'll see how that goes. And also, we like to do DraftKings every podcast for NBA, but Eric actually did a DraftKings lineup for this NASCAR race, so I will let him briefly discuss his NASCAR DraftKings lineup. Yeah, guys, I haven't mentioned it in the podcast really, but I do, oddly enough, even though I don't really watch it that much, I do enjoy playing DraftKings NASCAR. I, I Since I do have a familiarity uh, with the drivers, I'm going to give a shout-out to my papa in Tennessee. Uh, he's a big NASCAR fan, and I've known about it because of him so because of having a familiar familiarity with the drivers and then understanding the rules of how DraftKings scores the points and everything I do enjoy playing NASCAR fantasy from time to time I don't do it every week or every race or anything but I do like to do it from time to time so with this lineup here I joined a $10 lineup it's there it was their biggest contest I forget how many thousands of people or how many thousands of entries were in it but as you can see i finished 1497th which normally you would think that's not that good but i want to say there were probably 20,000 entries or something like that so i finished in the top 20% which netted me in the money and i got 25 so i'll take it like i said i'm i have a feeling my streak is come could be coming to an end with this basketball one for game 6 but of the NBA finals, but I had success here. Uh, my strategy, I picked Joey Logano. He was on the pole and I felt like he was going to lead a lot of laps, which is a big component to DraftKings, And that ended up working out for me, obviously, since he not only started first, but he finished first. And I forget how many laps he led exactly, but I know he led the majority of them. 
Kyle Busch I picked because he was starting a little more in the middle of the field and you get points if you finish higher than where you started. So I figured he was going to finish better than 15th and he wins a lot of times too, as Connor mentioned. So he's one I, even though I don't like him, he's one that I usually pick majority of the times I play DraftKings. Kyle Larson I picked because I've heard he normally has a lot of success in Michigan, which he didn't really this time, but Still got me 43 points, so I was okay with his result. That other guy underneath him, I Busher, I think. I don't even know Chris if I'm pronouncing it. Okay, so it's like Connor didn't know the guy in the Warriors' name. I didn't even know this guy's name, but <laughs> um, I figured with him starting way back at 31st that he was going to end up doing better, and he actually was my biggest positive surprise of my lineup finishing in 16th and getting me 46 points he was actually my third highest scorer and then underneath him Bubba Wallace was my most disappointing driver I figured him starting in 27th I figured he was gonna move up in the field a little bit and maybe finish top 20 or something but he actually finished one place worse than where he started and only got me 15 points I was disappointed if I didn't win in the money it would have been because of him but Thankfully, uh, my other guy, I, it's bad. I don't know his first Corey name LeJoy. either. <laughs> Corey LeJoy. Okay, I knew his, uh, I figured his last name was LeJoy based on what I was re- reading there. But he was by far the cheapest option that I had, and he was starting 32nd. So he was another good surprise for me, finishing nine places higher than where he started and got 30 points. Um, in the future, I'll do other lineups and maybe explain them before the race on the podcast who I went with and why. And if you're if you are looking at this, I know NASCAR is not as popular as some of the other sports, but if you're listening to this and you want to consider making a NASCAR lineup in DraftKings and you want to ask questions about the scoring system or how any of it works, you can definitely leave a note on the Facebook page. I still haven't, we still haven't been able to figure out how to get me to be an admin on there, but Zach or Connor can relay it to me and I could respond to it. Or if you want to comment on the YouTube video or DM on Twitter or whatever, I, I'm the one that runs the Twitter account. So you can message me on there, but I'd be happy to explain more on that, but I don't want to go too much more into this. I'm going to let Connor get to the, Next current event. Yep. So we are on to the, that was pretty good. Maybe we'll talk about that more in the future. And we are going to move on to the final current event. And that is something that happened just recently. This article, if you see the timestamp here, was posted at 9, I don't know, that's not what I want, was posted at 9.38 p.m. So really not that long ago. And it seems like in the past, we've always heard about teams accusing New England Patriots of cheating and all these scandals and blah, blah, blah. But now it appears that the New England Patriots are actually filing a tampering charge against the Houston Texans. So a little bit of the background. There's not much information on this story right now. I just kind of wanted to bring it up since in the future we will be talking about football a lot more. And so, yeah, the Houston Texans fired their general manager basically the night after New England's Super Bowl ring ceremony that took place at Robert Kraft's house. And I don't know if there was there was some shady stuff going on where they're trying to recruit this one guy who works for the Patriots. His name is um, Nick Casario. And 
he's been like a personnel manager for the Patriots for a really long time. And I guess the Patriots weren't happy with the way the Texans have gone about trying to get an interview with him to be their GM. But it will be interesting to see how this goes into the future. And maybe this might also be a topic for future current events. But that's going to wrap it up for the current events section. And I will move it back to Zach and he will transition to the next section. Yeah, so that was was a good little filler here with a bunch of other sports topics that we normally would not get to cover in a primarily NBA, NFL, and college and fantasy uh, focus for the show. So it's always nice to, to hear about other sports. And now for the highly anticipated rant by Eric, I'll let him take it away. Yeah, guys. So for those of you that listened to the last podcast, you knew that I ranted on the Warriors fans for leaving the game early. This podcast, I'm flipping the switch and I'm ranting on the Raptors fans. The reason why I'm ranting on the Raptors fans, most of you probably know, especially if you saw the game, when Kevin Durant tore his Achilles, there were fans in the crowd that were cheering this. In fact, it, lo- it looked like a majority of the fans that were cheering guy. it. Connor, yeah. Connor, <laughs> Connor's highlighting that one guy especially was like, got up out of his seat and was like waving goodbye to him. To me, this is just a classless move. I mean, this is one of the worst things that any fan can do of any sport is when you cheer that somebody else gets injured. Now, I know the Raptors players kind of were waving to the crowd to stop doing that, and then eventually when Durant did walk off the court, it you know it seemed like they had more of a change of heart, and then when they were clapping when he walked off the court, it was more so like, okay, we're glad you're up and moving, glad you're going to be okay kind of thing. But that cheer when he first got hurt and just the way they erupted. And I know there were, they showed the fans outside the arena and they erupted in cheers too. That's just a trashy move, man. And for those of you listening to this, as you know, too, I'm an Oklahoma city thunder fan. I hate Kevin Durant. Like I can't, I was so pissed off at him when he jumped ship from the Thunder and went to the Warriors. But then even still, even though I can't stand this guy, I was not cheering the fact, and I'm rooting for the Raptors to win the championship too. I was not cheering when I found out he got hurt. I was at work, of course, so I didn't see this live, but some people came up to me, oh man, like Durant got hurt. And all I could think of was, man, that really sucks for him. You know, I don't like him, but, my respect for him did go up just for the fact that he did try to play in this game, knowing he probably had a high chance of re-injuring himself, but he still went out there and tried to play anyway. And I don't necessarily like him now because of this, but at the same time, I have sympathy for him, not just for the injury, but because of the way the crowd reacted to this injury. I just think, I guess it just kind of shows you the tendencies of how people are, but 
I don't know how you can cheer for this because yeah, it gave, it gave the Raptors a better chance to win the game, but you don't cheer when someone gets hurt. I know, I know I'm kind of saying a lot of the same things yeah, over and over. No, it is no, late. No. I'm tired, but I just, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that, but to me, just a terrible move by the Toronto fans. They're, I just, I don't, I can't think of it. I'm just so mad. <laughs> like, what, what I, it was crazy too because I got home. You know, I didn't know the Raptors fans had cheered when I first heard about it because I was at work. And then I got home and was looking up the details of his injury, and that's when I saw it. And I was like, "Are you kidding me that they did this?" And like, I immediately I got on Messenger with Connor and Zach. I was like, "Yeah, I know what I'm ranting about in the next podcast. <laughs> I have my yeah, topic." This, so. this is an easy rant topic, and I figured when it happened that you were going to pick this one out. So yeah. I'm not surprised. I mean, yeah, good good thing we weren't doing a poll yet because this would have been a, <laughs> the, the fans would have been able to guess it pretty easily. Yeah, I mean. And- just one short thing to add on. I mean, unfortunately, this isn't the first time something like this has happened when in sports. I know a lot of Cowboys fans still mention back to this was back in the 90s when Michael Irvin, they were playing a game against the Eagles in Philadelphia, and mm. Michael Irvin ended up going down with an injury, and the Eagles fans were just cheering as loud as they could. They were so happy that Michael Irvin had gotten injured and blah, 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 and it just... Unfortunately, this is not a unsurprising move for Philadelphia Eagles fans. I hate to offend any Eagles fans out there, but, <laughs> you know, Philadelphia fans are not exactly the most well-respected fans in the NFL. Well, I mean, they, they booed Santa Claus one time, for Christ's sake. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but, you know, it's just really sad to see when stuff like this happens, you know, because at the end of the day, it really is just a game. And... You know, these guys are putting their bodies and they're they're giving it their all to play this game for our enjoyment. And you hate to see when people get hurt, especially a very serious injury like what Durant has with a torn Achilles. So, yeah, that, I just wanted to add that. It's really sad to see. And unfortunately, it's not the first time something like this has happened. Yeah, I won't I won't drag this on too much longer. I agree with everything you guys said. And to me, this injury is so cringeworthy. Like, I, I, I can't even imagine the pain of an Achilles. And, like, that's terrible, man. It's one of the worst pains. I've oh, heard. yeah. I, I, I know it's, it's a terrible pain, and, and it really sucks that it, ha- that it happened. But maybe the basketball gods got back at Toronto for that, for cheering the injury and, and, and because they lost the game at the end. (laughs) So the bad karma there, but, but yeah, so that's, um, we'll wrap that up now for the, the closing part of the show that the rant by Eric, this is a good episode. A lot. We had a lot to talk about. This is probably the longest episode to date we've had. So if you guys have listened from start to finish, it's pretty impressive, but some key takeaways, like I said, to everybody watching, I'm going to sound like a fool if this doesn't work out, but that double lock on my la- my DraftKings lineup, I'm telling you, that's going to win, at least especially in the 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 money style that we're doing where 50% of the people win. Uh, I If this was like the, the previous format, it'd be a little bit more risky for me to come out with what I said, but I, yeah, I feel confident. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to be in first necessarily, but I am going to double lock the win. So 
look forward to to talking about that in the next one. But also looking forward to the next game tomorrow. Oh, I guess today now. You guys are hearing this. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so in a way, if, more games helps us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if if the if Toronto does win, then we're gonna talk about obviously the win and the finals or the end of it that the finals and final thoughts on the season maybe do a little bit of like vote like voting our ballots for mvp rookie the awards that sort of stuff too and kind of close out the nba's regular season look at the draft but if it doesn't then we we've got a game seven to talk about too so a lot of a lot of good things coming up, planned for the future. Hopefully, there will be a mock draft video that we come out with before the draft next week. Uh, that's going to be something. I normally don't watch the NBA draft past the Orlando Magic's lottery pick, but this year I'm going to watch it from start to finish because there's a couple guys in the second round that uh, will probably be drafted in the second round that I've watched closely in college, so I'm excited for them. Well, the Magic weren't part of the lottery this year. Yeah, and the Magic. Don't <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, you gotta wait farther. You gotta wait longer for their pick than normal. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a lot longer for them to pick. But so we've got some fun episodes planned in the future. Remember, make sure to like our Facebook and Twitter page for updates about episode releases, memes, polls, all sorts of different content coming out. Yeah, there's a poll on Twitter. You still got time to vote for for who you think is gonna win Game Six. So. Yeah. If you use Twitter, let your voice be known. <laughs> I'm going to be putting the link in the videos now, and we're going to put it up on Facebook, too, so you guys can get there easily. Yeah, so spread the word uh, with your friends and family if you really enjoy this show. Make sure to leave a comments, questions, concerns, like I say every time. We'll, we'll talk about your, you know, we'll answer your question, especially now. You'll probably be the only question, so... We'll definitely, if you have a question, we'll, we'll definitely answer it for you. So just um, take care, everybody that listened to this, and have a great rest of your day. See you guys. Peace.